Middle schoolers can be an interesting bunch, can't they? One moment they're bouncing off the walls and the next you're having this really meaningful conversation with them about their purpose in the world. And sometimes those things are happening at the exact same time. On this episode of Student Ministry Connection, we'll talk about how middle school ministry has changed over the years, what to keep in mind when working with this population of students, and also share a few tips to help you maximize your ministry. Welcome to Student Ministry Connection, a podcast for those who serve in student ministry, want to connect, and desire to grow. My name is Steve Cullum, and I've served in student ministry for over 20 years. And while I love working with students of all ages, I've always had this special place in my heart for middle schoolers. And so does our guest today. Heather Mahoney is a veteran of middle school ministry. And while she's currently overseeing all the ministry to kids, students, and young adults at her church, she provides direct oversight to middle school, something she's been doing since 2001. But before we hop into that conversation with Heather, I want to thank the sponsor of this episode of the podcast. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see everyday life situations through the lens of the gospel. G-Shades has options to fit everyone as well, with three plans to choose from. This curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you do better. Do you need message outlines, a discussion guide, and a game? That's just $20 a month. If you're looking for a higher production value, including bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides, that's $30 a month. And if you want an affordable, engaging video curriculum, G-Shades has you covered for only $40 a month. You will not find a better youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere. Head over to gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G to download season four of G-Shades curriculum and use the promo code CONNECTION at checkout to receive an extra $20 off your order. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Thank you, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You can find the link to G-Shades in the podcast show notes. Heather Mahoney is a student ministry veteran with 22 years of experience and counting. She's been serving at Crossroads since 2001. She and her husband have three kids, and she has a BA in youth ministry from Simpson University. She loves TV sitcoms. She enjoys serving alongside her church family on mission trips to Mexico, and we are so glad to have her on the podcast today. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Heather. It's uh, it's great to have you here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So I I, I had reached out to you a couple of days ago and just told you, it was like, hey, I, it's been on my mind to to get you on the podcast for a while. And I was like, it's it's finally time to do that, Steve. It's it's, you've been thinking about it way too long. Just get a hold of her and get her on on the podcast. So, uh, so I, we don't really know each other a whole lot. I've seen what you've done from afar. We've connected on social media over the years and things like that. So, for my benefit, but also the benefit of our audience, I'd love for you to just kind of share a little more about your story, your testimony, how you met Christ, but also how you got started in ministry. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. So, I uh, had grew up in. A Christian home, went to church since I was zero, uh, at five, did the five-year-old version of praying and mm -hmm. giving my life to the Lord. We moved in middle school to a safer city after uh, I grew up in Hayward, California. After we had a drive-by shooting on our street, my dad's like, we're, we're out, I'm done. So we moved to a small town called Manteca. We found a church called Crossroads and they just 
were super intentional with their students, with their youth. And so they had a really great summer program going on, weekly small groups and discipleship, and then Mexico missions trips. So in the eighth grade down in Mexico, I stood up when the pastor said, who thinks they might go into ministry? I was like, it's me. I've just kind of one of those weird people just always really knew what they wanted. And so then I did it. I interned a couple years at my church. The youth pastor, uh, Jim Todd, phenomenal man. He still works here at Crossroads today, uh, mm-hmm. but now he is over missions. So he, as we got larger, he really had to hone it in, but he's still pouring into people in the same way. And so I interned, I went to a small Christian college in Northern California called Simpson University, got my bachelor's in youth ministry. Uh, they created a position for me here at Crossroads to be the junior high director as we were growing. And I have been on staff at Crossroads ever since I graduated college, uh, which is on 23 years now. And I love it. We have since changed uh, junior high to middle school, including sixth grade in that. And then for the last five years, I've actually been the next gen director. So that means I oversee our kids director, our high school young adults pastor, but I am still weekly doing all of that middle school programming. Mm. I've got um, a husband who is a pastor of creative arts here. So he oversees all things music and all things production. We have three kids. Uh, Jesse is 20 out of the house. And then I have a a 17-year-old senior, Peyton, she's graduating high school. And then I have 14-year-old eighth grader graduating eighth grade. So it's like yeah. busy season right now. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Wow. So yes. th- we're going to dig into middle school in just a second, but I'd love to I'd love to just follow yeah. up. Like not too many people um, have been like get to, to serve at their home church and also serve for over 20 yeah. years at their home church. So what has that been like? Was it, I guess, from the very beginning, was it was it tough to transition in from one of the the kids at the church to all of a sudden be in leadership at the church? And then how has that changed over the years? Yeah, good question. So, yeah, I have been here since I was a sixth grader. So I think it helped that the church really modeled the older students pouring into the younger kids. And then as you got older, you would give back. So as a high schooler, I was leading a junior high discipleship group. As a junior higher, I was helping down in kids. And so there was a really healthy, there, a healthy expectation, but then an empowerment and a training and equipping of students to do that. So small group leaders were so intentional in our life. My small group leader ended up being the my matron of honor in my wedding. And then being, being an intern for a couple of years while I went to a local junior college, actually kind of help with some of that being a student now becoming a leader because I was given some of those leadership tools. I was doing it for free, but it also helped me understand, okay, this is what I want to go to college for. And then um, our church is weird, man. Like our lead pastor, our founding pastor retired after 30 years. Mm. Uh, We've got a pastor on staff for 30 years, two for 25 people for 20. And then, like our most recent directors were hired three weeks ago. So hmm. we we have a, a pretty healthy staff with that. I don't know how, I, I imagine that could be maybe a little intimidating if you're a new person coming on. You think, oh, that's maybe equally exciting and intriguing as it is like, am I signing my life away forever? But <laughs> I love working here. I love the growth, the, the care and the intentionality for next gen. And 
being here so long, now I'm middle age, so I'm like far past people being like, who's that young girl trying to tell me whatever? They they see me as a as a qualified leader, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I imagine that that's, that's probably helped to have the longevity there as well. You've got a proven track record. You love the church. You love the community. And they see that year after year. Um, and I, yes. and I know like so many, and I'm sure you've seen it as well. Uh, so many churches are struggling to find youth leaders right now. Um, and, and so many of them have stepped out They're They're getting burned out over the years and things like that. So being someone that's been in a, not only in the ministry, but also at the same church for a really long time, what, what do you think can help get other people to that point? Like where they have that kind of longevity yeah. to make a huge impact generation after generation. Yeah. So the first thing that sticks out to me is that I am at a healthy church with really healthy leadership that does not expect me to work for free, that we have a pyramid of priorities here and it goes God, spouse, kids, everything else and job falls into everything else. So while it is important and I feel that my job's important, what I'm telling other people, how I'm leading by example with, with words or in motion, those are big deals, but I am supported by a boss who's saying, Hey, uh, do you need a break? How's it going? How's, you know, how's your emotional, your spiritual, your physical life, your friendships? Like, what does that look like for you? So we do a lot of regular check-ins to see how people are doing. So that would be part of it. Mm. And I, I, like I said earlier, I'm weird. I, I was made to do this. And some people kind of say, oh, just bless your heart being in student ministry or middle school so long. But this is how the Lord made me. And mm. so part of that is I think I'm getting to live out what he's you know, put in place for me. But the other part of that is I have been cared for well, invested in well, and equipped well. So I'm not here on an island doing this on my own. There's a whole, a whole church and a whole team, a whole staff all behind me that are caring for each other and looking out for each other as well. That's awesome. That's so cool. And, and you need it sometimes because middle schoolers can, can be crazy and drive you crazy. Yeah. Sometimes. yeah I have one at home. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you can't escape it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love middle school so much. I love, I love their energy. I love how inquisitive they are. And I, I love like over the last several years, I feel like they've gotten more and more um, like the just ready to do something amazing with their life, even in sixth and seventh grade. Like they're already thinking about how they can make an impact in the world around them. So with that in mind, let's let's turn our attention a little yeah. bit to middle school ministry. How have you mm -hmm. seen that change over the years? Because I'm sure it has been, it's changed for you. I've, I've seen some changes. What are some oh, changes yeah. that you've seen in middle school over the years? Yeah, one of the big ones that sticks out to me is the shift in discipleship. So not the lack of, or that we shouldn't be, but it was primarily when I was a kid, when I first started out, our small group leaders, our discipleship leaders are really pouring into the kids. And I think there's been a bigger shift for us. And even in my job of how do we empower the parents to be the first and foremost discipleship makers in their kids' life. And some are already doing that on their own and a lot want to, and maybe could use some encouragement or some, some direction, some care. And so we're even rebuilding something and, st and starting a whole thing called a family framework, trying to come alongside parents and partner with them and 
if they're not in a position to maybe to train them and teach them how to disciple their own, their own kids. So we're caring as, for them as well. And don't get me wrong, we have a lot of students coming who's, especially midweek, whose parents are not a part of Crossroads. So we're not, not discipling. But I think studies have shown and the conversation has shifted a little bit. So that's one thing that has really stuck out to me. Yeah. We also are pretty intentional to create a belonging environment. And back in the day, I would say youth group had a little bit more of a school environment. Like the authority figure was kind of training and teaching. You were expect to listen, receive, and then go do something with it. And now I think we're a bit more intentional to make the environment where you're feeling loved, valued, and cared for because you don't tend to, you know, believe and behave until you feel like you belong. So trying to get the order of that accurate so students feel comfortable and that they feel valued. Mm. I've also seen this shift back where it was kind of like, okay, we're really integrated with our youth group and our students with the main service, big church, whatever you want to call it. Then it was like students had all of their own spaces and do their own thing. And now I think it's really kind of come back together where it's the both and not the either Mm -hmm. or we don't ship off, you know, a preteen and say like, deliver me a well-balanced young adult who loves Jesus. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot more integration in there and the value of just the mentorship and worshiping together and a lot of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the, the biggest thing that might stick out to me is that I think families used to calendar around church and events mm-hmm. and what was happening. And I don't think that's a thing. It, the calendaring that I see happening and the preparation, and I would say the exception for me is summer camp, summer camp here. A lot of families still calendar around that, but they're calendaring around school. They're looking yeah. at the school schedule. When is that break? When is my kid's sports done? When do they have a day off? And then they're taking their vacations or their nights away. Like scholastics have a high priority as they should. But uh, I think there's been a shift of, you know, the church in there and the intentionality with that versus the school. And I'm about partnering and coming alongside because if you've been in youth ministry, you know, it is hard to keep an 11th, 12th grader engaged. The closer Mm -hmm. they get to the end, they go away. But now, even eighth graders, I think you see it. There's just such an expectation so much with school that you might lose an eighth grader at the end of the year and they don't maybe ever even try out the high school ministry. Mm-hmm. They just kind of say, ah, oh, I'm too busy and then mm-hmm. kind of do their own thing. And I don't want to lose someone until they're a young married couple getting ready to have a kid and saying, oh my gosh, I want to raise my kids in the church. Yeah. Like, I want to stay connected to families that entire time. I don't want to lose that. Yeah, yeah. That's really important. I don't think I, I've thought about it that way, but I've also seen the drop off in that transition from middle school to high school. Um, but that that totally makes sense of how you're putting it because, yeah, those expectations are there from the very beginning. I've talked to so many high schoolers over the last several years that they do get the end. Like I originally, it was the end of their high school career and they're trying to cram all this stuff in. But now it's freshman year. They're in all these AP classes and preparing for all this stuff. And I'm like, so many of them don't even know what they're doing with the rest of their life yet, but they're planning like they do because it's just expected of them. And absolutely. You see middle schoolers, like high schoolers now scouting middle schoolers because colleges are scouting at a younger age. And I know they say they're don't, they're not supposed to, but you've got some 12 year old doing 
all of these club sports and they want to do both and, but the expectation I think we put on ourselves is, is pretty high up there when if you look around, everyone else is doing AP classes and yep. you feel like you have to put yourself in that position as well. Yeah. So thinking of, of middle school specific, and we've mm -hmm. just talked about almost kind of seems like some of those things that we were doing for high schoolers, we're going to have to shift that down to how we approach middle school ministry nowadays as well. Yes. What, what are some of those differences that, that some people maybe don't get and how you minister to a high school student versus a, a kid that's younger, especially now that you're in a role where you're, you're overseeing all of that ministry from, from birth all the way through high school and families. Mm -hmm. What, what specific things should we know about middle schoolers that we should definitely hone in when they are in those, that sixth through eighth grade years? Oh yeah, definitely. So I think middle school students are trying to figure out who they are, you know, their identity, figuring that out, really being motivated by acceptance. And I think that one has always been there. I don't feel like that has changed since I was a middle schooler way back when. But we're working hard to help students learn to desire their own faith and have it be a faith of their own, not a faith that they've received from someone else or an expectation, but a choice. And also that they would find value in the church community so that they would love capital C Church as a whole. So if they ever stopped coming to student ministry here, they wouldn't say, oh, I did that when I was a student. If they moved, they would say, I need to find a new church home, mm -hmm. that they would see the value as a whole. Um, our mission here at Crossroads, which is the church I'm at, is to reach students through relationships, to discover Jesus and follow him fully. And so we plan our services accordingly. So if you're in kids, middle school, high school, young adults, our service is planned and will look different so that you feel included, that, that you would be paying attention and engaged and we're not trying to answer questions people aren't asking. So try to step back and really see where they're at. I think one of the things that has helped us, I don't know if it'd be home or someone else, but there is a book called, um, I think it, it's a phase. Mm, yeah. uh, it's me, Chris and Ivy, Reggie Joyner, I think. Um, it has a longer subtitle to it, and I apologize <laughs> that I don't have that on my brain. But they did this great job of really summarizing where a kid is at in their head and their heart at certain ages that kind of help you to be able to step back and say, oh, here is the question they're asking or here is the thought process. Like, oh, if their brain's working like an engineer at this phase, this would be a really good way to engage. So we don't do small groups the same in kids in middle school and high school. We also treat middle schoolers their age with with expectation. They're not dumb, lazy teenagers. They're passionate. They're wondering a lot. They're discovering what they value and their brains are working like engineers. So with middle schoolers, if we look at them as wonders to behold rather than like idiots to be tolerated, <laughs> it is just a very helpful approach because there's so much going on and there's value in every stage. And I just really don't think God's going to create us there's nothing accidental in that. It's full of intentionality. So if we step back and remember the questioning and the worry and the anxiousness that came from being a middle schooler wanting to be accepted and valued, it just helps shift the perspective to where that student might be at when we try to engage with them weekly. Yeah. Yeah. And I know one of the the things that I I love about middle schoolers, and I think I may have mentioned this earlier too, but I love that they are just full of energy for the most part. Like you have exceptions yes. to the rule, but they're full of energy. They're up for almost anything, 
but they do have that passion as well. And so you really, you have that both sides of it. And so for me, that's always been really exciting as a leader to be able to, you know, play to that fun side of being a teenager that they just love life. But at the same time, like, man, you can have some really good conversations with them and help them understand who they are in Christ because they're already struggling with that, especially in our world. Oh, yep. And so how can we meet them where they are and being able to, to see see Christ in them at, at a young age and set them off for, for amazing time? Man, if we, if we lean into middle schoolers well, our high school ministry and our adult ministries will benefit so much um, because of what yes. they can do. So for, for those out there that maybe they're getting, they're getting the passion, they get it the heart, they're like, yeah, like this sounds great but I don't even know what to do with middle schoolers. <laughs> like what are some tips that you've, you've seen over the years that works and how you work with teen, with, with middle schoolers specifically, what are some tips you'd offer? So the first thing I would say is that you have to love Jesus and you have to actually like middle school students to work <laughs> with them. It, it's not a punishment. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege. So if someone has guilted you into it, I would say, give it a try because maybe it will surprise you, but it, it's not the bad uh, ministry to serve in. It's actually fantastic. And there is an openness to middle schoolers if you sit back and listen. So if you're willing to be more patient than you probably want to be, and mm-hmm. I have to be for sure, uh, and probably more naturally and it comes to you, if you're willing to listen to the whole story, regardless of how um, chaotic it ends up sounding and maybe <laughs> not even sounding very true, but if you can wait it out and not, push them, uh, like, come on, speed this up. This is so not succinct. This is, this is not good. If you're willing to listen to the long shares, to give the high fives, to uh, check in on their prayer requests that they've asked you about and attend the games or the birthday parties they've invited to you, it, it speaks volumes. So it's, it's mostly the little things and that patience and that listening that someone says to themselves, oh, this person values me or they're Mm -hmm. safe or I could ask them hard things about Jesus and they're not going to judge me. I mean, I remember when a middle schooler who became a high schooler called me, she got busted for shoplifting. Mm -hmm. And um, she said, I'm so embarrassed. My parents are embarrassed. And you're the first person I wanted to Mm -hmm. call because I knew knew you weren't going to like let this define who I was and I needed someone on my side. And I was like, I I am here for you. And she didn't have to question if I thought shoplifting was wrong. Obviously, I think it is. And you're not even good at it if you like get busted, right? (laughs) So you're like not doing well. But all of that was to fit in with her friends, Mm. you know, and who did she remember? She, I was like in my thirties and she called me and I was like, what an honor that she called me. And I think, I know it's not because that I'm just this wonderful human being who can't do any wrong. It's that I, that I listened and that I gave her side hugs and like appropriate physical touch when she mm-hmm. needed it, that she knew I was for her. Yeah. And so if you can do your best to be for a student, you don't have to agree all the choices they're making. Most of them are aware the mm-hmm. choices that aren't honoring the Lord or themselves or their family when they make them, but it's those crazy, like in between times. Mm-hmm. So don't be discouraged when 17 times you have to ask the same student to pay attention during the sermon, or you have to go find the same kids that are trying to sneak out and hang out in the bathroom together. So if you could treat, 
treat the students well now and see what God might be doing and see the wonder mm. that's going on in their life now, it pays dividends later. Yeah. But patience, I think, is a big tip that I, I would <laughs> give to other middle school leaders. Yeah. Yeah. I've had uh, a few youth leaders, like volunteers at our church in in the past that, that they frequently come to me, you know, after a, a week of ministry and they're like, I don't think I am doing anything, but I keep having to remind them. I was like, be patient because the fact that they keep wanting yes. to come back, the fact that they're bringing yep. their friends is speaking dividends. They might not be able to tell you anything about the Bible lesson that you tried to talk to you about that night. But the fact that you're building that relationship, you're creating a safe environment where they want to be there, that will eventually pay off. It's not going to, some of them it will yeah. click with, but most of them it's going to be, you're going to have to play the long run. And um, yeah, it's huge with middle schoolers. And if you believe that God is sovereign and that you know that more is at work and that you're not responsible for everyone's salvation, you know the Holy Spirit is real, we can do our best with where he has equipped us and serve him well and love middle school students well and trust that God has a bigger plan than we get to see in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, for me, it's also been a willingness to learn from those middle schoolers as well. Like, yes. especially even language, like you were talking about, like being willing to <laughs> listen to their stories, but also being willing to be like, what did you just say? Like, what word have I not heard of before that you just made up or, or whatever? Cause I feel like, you know, all the different generations have their own yes. language and middle schoolers are like nowadays are just speaking in another completely different language, I think. <laughs> but I feel yeah. like yeah. anytime that we can put them in the teacher seat as well, they're like, hey, I want to learn from you. That's been beneficial to Ooh, for, for me yes. as well. Have you seen that too? Oh, I 100% agree. It, and if there's ever an opportunity to apologize mm -hmm. to a middle schooler, when you mess up for them to see an older adult who they're like, okay, they're probably older and wiser, potentially like more educated and been through life. But if you're able to say, wow, I, I'm so sorry, or thank you for correcting me instead of like, oh my gosh, mm. stop raising your hand and correcting me. But get putting them in the exact seat that you said that says, hey, I value what you bring to the table. I, I When you could raise them up, so they don't walk away saying Heather's the smartest person in the room, but they're walking your, away feeling good that that speaks volumes. So I totally agree with you. Mm, that's good. So Heather, this podcast is all about connecting youth leaders together. And not only do we want to connect them with you, but we know that many of them are not connected with each other and they may be feeling isolated or lonely, or maybe they're the only ones that care about middle schoolers. Like, like we're talking about today, they feel like that. So what encouragements would you offer the, our audience today? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Uh, I want to encourage everyone, if you are leading a small group out of your home, if you are at a massive mega church, if you are at a church startup that is borrowing a kid's classroom that you're having to reset every week, uh, and we touched on this, but I think the first thing that comes to mind is to be pa patient. You are planting seeds that you may not get to harvest for a long time. You might not get to see the end of the story uh, but don't don't grow weary. Uh, you are doing a good work. Uh, God is still sovereign. If that same kid, you have to talk to his mom four weeks in a row, he keeps coming back after you keep talking to his mom. So you are bringing something into his life. And we both know that there's spiritual going on. So there's unseen 
things going on as well. But a reminder that what you do matters. Uh, you, you're slinging hope. You're throwing and tossing out hope. You're pointing people towards Jesus. You're, you're showing grace and you're preaching truth and you're, you're loving students well. And a lot of middle schoolers are not being loved well. You don't know what they go home to. You don't know what the classroom looks like. You don't know what parenting and teachers, what that's like, but you're 90 minutes with them or whatever that is. I want to encourage you to make the most of it and trust that God has a bigger plan going on. I would say like overarchingly or overarchingly, I would say, uh, don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Uh, our lead pastor likes to say, and I like to think of awesome that maybe our next lead pastor is a middle schooler right now. Mm. And I don't think I'm a, equipped to uh, teach all of the theology that this, you know, seventh or eighth grader or sixth grader is going to need. However, um, they need, these middle schoolers need somebody to believe in them. Mm. And so remind yourself of the honor and the privilege that you get to do this. And then I just, sometimes I think of Matthew 9, 35 to 39, when, you know, Jesus talks about how the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And if you're in anywhere in student ministry, you know that the workers are few. Nobody has to tell you that. It's every week. Every week you're looking for more. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of just some takeaways from that is to keep being compassionate to the students. Keep praying for them. Yeah, you have to pray for more workers too, but keep working. Don't give up. You're not doing this for dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing this for people to know who Jesus is. And we both know you could find another job that pays substantially better in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, remember that why. And remember if God has gifted you and he has called you to it, then you're not left alone on the journey. He is there. His hand is over it. And and keep going. But get your cup filled too. Keep mm-hmm. going because he's filling you. Amen. That's so good, man, Heather. I, I feel encouraged. So I hope I hope our uh, oh, audience good. does as well. That's that's so good and such a such a good reminder. I mean, we we do. This is a huge privilege to be able to do what we get to do, and and having yeah. that that long term mindset. I love that thought that the the next lead pastor of your church or maybe another church is probably sitting in your middle school youth group right now. Like, how are we going to foster yep. that? How are we going to not only pass on Jesus to the next generation, but set them up for leadership in the church and the community and in the world? And that's that's yes. huge. And it's an amazing privilege that, that we get to have. Um, Heather, I know that people are going to want to connect with you further. And so where can people find you online? How can they maybe ask some follow-up questions or just connect with you in general? Yeah, so Heather at CrossroadsGrace.org. If you stick around any church long enough, you can just go first name. Uh, we don't do that anymore for obvious reasons. But so Heather at CrossroadsGrace.org. I'm on Instagram, Heather the Mahoney. I know it's uh, clever. <laughs> and then I'm I'm on Twitter as Edder Mahoney because when I go to Mexico, they don't do the TH, so it comes out Edder. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just s- simple little ways. I'm on Facebook too, but everyone. There's a million Heather Mahoney's. I think the coolest one is like used to be a Disney princess. So I'm, I'm not her and I'm not that cool. If that's who you try to find. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I found, uh, as I was just searching around, I I think I may have found that one. I found some athletes and some different, uh, yeah, not me. That's who you found. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, Heather, thank you so much for for being on the podcast today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your experience, and all your encouragement as well. And uh, we just pray that God would continue to bless your ministry. Yeah, and thanks for finding value and um, using my voice at all. So I appreciate the ask. I'm honored. Thank you. It was so great to have Heather on the podcast today. And if you enjoyed hearing from her, please reach out, but also consider sharing this episode with someone else who you think would enjoy it. Sharing this podcast helps us continue to put out great content for you and have amazing guests like Heather. So if you'd like to see this continue, please send it to a friend in student ministry. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and feel led to support my ministry through National Network of Youth Ministries, you can follow the link in the show notes. As I said back in episode 105, I am so blessed to do what I do through this podcast, but also supporting youth leaders, uniting the church, and reaching teenagers for Jesus. And I could not do that without God, of course, but also without your partnerships. So thank you in advance for your prayers and financial support. Another way you can support this ministry is through our sponsor and our partners. First, thanks to G-Shades for sponsoring. Check out their website at gshades.org and use the promo code CONNECTION to save $20 off your order. And while you're there, be sure to check out their blog and also the upcoming book from G-Shades founder, Mike Haynes. If you're a fan of the Cards Christians-like card game that we gave away a few episodes ago, you'll be excited to know that they are about ready to launch a brand new game called Holy Guacamole. And if you make the purchase using the link in the show notes, you'll be supporting the ministry of this podcast. And if you're looking for a way to organize your weekly program or want to find an entire program already put together for you for this upcoming week, month, or entire year, check out Co-Leader by Download Youth Ministry. Throughout May 2023, you can use the link in our show notes to get a free account, get 40 free credits, and also support the ministry of this podcast. And while you're there, you can also subscribe and do it by the end of May 2023 to lock in huge savings for life before the price goes up. If you want to know more about CoLeader, you can check out a recent demo I dropped on my YouTube channel and also my website, stevecullum.com. Well, we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode, but until then, be sure to stay connected and may God bless your ministry.